This is Pocket Watching with JT, the call-in financial talk show focused on helping you get your money right. Jason Thornton is a certified financial planner licensed in both tax and investments. Now, this is not personal financial advice. This is JT's real reaction to all your money and business questions. Are you deep in debt, living paycheck to paycheck, and looking for a way out? Call Pocket Watching with JT, the financial advisor for the people. Need more? Book your personal consultation with my man JT at pocketwatcher.net. Now, let's go pocket watching. Hey, Pocket Watchers, welcome to Pocket Watching with JT. And tonight, tonight is the Sunday night live stream. And on Sunday nights, we are doing JT Can I buy it. So JT cannot buy it. For those of you who are new to the concept of this call-in show, what I do, I allow you, the pocket watchers, the over 55,000 pocket watchers, and those of you who have not subscribed yet, I have no idea what you're doing. You need to hit the red button. But even if you're not subscribed, anybody under the sound of my voice, you have an opportunity to call in to this number right here. Call 515-602-9778. That's 515-602-9778. Call that number and you will have the opportunity to call in to The Pocket Watcher, a certified financial planner with your issues. But tonight, tonight's topic is JT can I buy it? If there is something that you have on your wish list, something that you have sitting in your Amazon app that you're waiting and just, just want to hit that buy now button, but you're a little unsure, you don't know if your, your budget can take it or not. Tonight is your opportunity and every Sunday night moving forward is your opportunity to call a financial advisor and get their reaction, get their idea of what you should and should not be buying at this time based on your budget, all right? I understand that many, 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 many Americans do not have a personal relationship with a certified financial planner. A lot of people are out here making financial decisions on their own willy-nilly, and they do not know if they're making the right steps. That's why this show exists. I'm giving you, the people, the people out here, I'm giving you the opportunity to have a personal relationship, eh, somewhat, sort of. I'm giving you an opportunity to have a conversation with a certified financial planner, things that the average person does not have access to. All you have to do, free of charge, all you have to do is call this number right here, 515-602-9778, and I will review what you think you want to buy, have an idea of what your budget is, how much money you got saved up, how much in debt are you, and I will let you know if you should buy it or you should leave it alone. But before I start taking on calls, you can you can start calling. You can start calling. I'm going to pick them up real soon. But before I even hit the button to accept the calls, I want to talk about two articles that I was looking at earlier today. One of these articles says that 62%, all right, 62% of Americans are living 
paycheck to paycheck. All right, this is up from just December. In December, it was a lower number. Now we're at 62%. So 62% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, meaning that they have no real buffer of some sort of emergency savings fund, some sort of reserve cash. They literally are at the point where they are waiting for that next paycheck to come in or they will have absolutely no cash. They're living paycheck to paycheck. Now, another report says that one out of five, all right, one out of five Americans, they can't even make it to the next paycheck. That means that they run out of money. They run out of money before the next paycheck comes. So you have to ask the question, how the hell do they make it from one two-week period to the next two-week period if they are unable to, to survive just based on their paycheck? They've got to be borrowing money. They've got to be doing the things that here on Pocket Watching with JT, we tell you not to do. They're probably taking on payday loans. They're, they're doing a lot of things that is going to just simply dig you deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in debt. So we got to we got to pay attention to see what's going on here people. We cannot we cannot continue this march of spending more than we make. Right now with the US economy, we are on the edge of a recession. For those of you who may not remember what a real recession looks like, you maybe you were in school back in 2008, 2009. Maybe you didn't really realize what your parents were going through. But you could be facing a situation where you're laid off. No new money coming in. For months and maybe even a year, there were people during the Great Recession that did not find gainful employment for like more than 99 weeks. You want to know how I remember that number, 99 weeks? Because 99 weeks, that was basically the amount of weeks that the federal government had extended how long a person could be on unemployment. So there were people who are on unemployment for 99 weeks. Then they got to the point where they could no longer be on unemployment and they were still unable to get a job. If you believe that it cannot happen to you, trust me, it can happen to you. And if you are spending more than what you are making on toys and silly things that you really do not need, you need to prepare yourself now. You need to tighten up your belt right now. Start to prepare yourself for a situation where the money may dry up. Rent. Rent is going on. Simply paying your rent is going up by ridiculous amounts. I saw one report where a woman said her rent went up like 60-something percent. 60-something percent her rent went up. I believe that was in Florida, and Florida rental prices are going crazy. 
But if you do not prepare yourself now for what could be coming, if you don't prepare yourself now, you are going to be caught by surprise. So before we take on the calls, I want to go over a couple of things. I say it every time, emergency savings fund. What is an emergency savings fund? Is this my fund cash? Is this something I can do whatever I feel like I want to do? No. An emergency savings fund is just that it is for an emergency. If you are a single income household, meaning that there's nobody else in your house that is bringing in money but you, right? Single income household, you need at bare minimum, really, you need about six months. That's half a year. Understand this. You need six months worth of your bill money saved up. Now, most Americans, they don't even have $400 saved up. I'm telling you, you need about six months worth of your bill money saved up. And you may be asking, well, how the hell do I do that? How the hell do I get to the point where I'm actually saving up this much money? You got to take an assessment of what's going on in your life right now. You got to take a real look in the mirror and decide what are the things that you actually value and what are the things that, you know, you can somewhat do without. Be real with yourself, right? Be real with yourself and make that decision right now and say, okay, these are the things that I have to pay for. I have to pay my mortgage. I don't want to get kicked out of my house. Or I've got to pay my rent. I need a roof over my head. Car note. Got to pay a car note because I got to get to work. Now, you may need to downsize that car, though. <laughs> right? That Realize that that is a possibility. You can downsize your car. If you have a car note that is over like $500, $600, $800 a month, and you know you cannot sustain that high of a car note. And, and, and people... People, you, you got to know yourself. You got to understand what you can and cannot do. You should not be putting on more weight on yourself than you need to. Who is pressuring you to go out and buy the most expensive car that you can think you, afford, you can afford, right? What you think you can afford. Who's forcing you to do this? Nobody. Honestly, nobody really cares what car you drive. Whatever you drive, just keep it, you know, as long as it's clean, as long as it can get you from point A to point B, if you're to the point where, you know, it actually almost physically hurts you to make that car note payment, when you're at the point where you can't decide between should I pay my rent late or should I pay my car note on time, it's too expensive. You should not be doing this, okay? Let me give a shout out to uh, that boy. <laughs> we got that boy, Will. That boy, Will, with the super chat. I appreciate it. Says, uh, <laughs> that's why I'm glad I read books like The Richest Man in Babylon when I was young. People don't understand living below their means. So, yeah, let's let's talk about it real quick. Living below your means. What does it mean to live below your means? I mean, the most basic concept of living below your means is that if you make 
$50,000 a year, you should be living off of somewhere around forty dollars to $42,000 a year. Just because you make 50 does not mean that you should be spending 50 because there are things you need to account for. You need to account for taxes, right? If you're making $50,000 a year, you're not actually bringing home $50,000 a year. There are taxes that you have to consider. Then you have to also think about all of the necessary things within your life that you have to pay for, right? After you subtract taxes and the most necessary things in your life, what you have left over is the buffer between either saving money, paying down debt, investing. You have to take a look at these things because you can wake up one day and it happens to quite a few people. It happens to quite a few people. You can wake up one day in your early to mid 50s with absolutely nothing saved up for your retirement. When you get to about 55 years old, realize you're about 10 years away from the average age of retirement, right? The average age of retirement is right around 65 years old. When you get to 55 and you're coming to a financial advisor and you're asking them, what are my options? for retirement. What you know, what are the recommendations that I should do, right? The moves that I should make when I'm 55 years old, I have absolutely nothing saved up. I have little to no uh investment assets. All my assets are personal use depreciating assets. What should I do? I mean, it's not as if your life is over, but you're probably going to be working to and through 65 years old. I don't care. I don't care what you think is going to happen. Unless you hit the lottery, you're going to be working through 65. Because at this point, the only thing that you have maybe guaranteed of income coming is going to be Social Security. Now, Social Security may give you <laughs> a little bit of a buffer but it's not going to be enough for you to maintain whatever lifestyle that you're currently living at. So you gotta make some moves right now. I am, I am begging you, if you are between 20 to 50 years old right now, and you hear me, you're between, listen, between 20 to 50, you gotta start making moves right now, right? You gotta cut off all the noise that you hear, all the background stuff, all of your uh, distractions when it comes to social media. And we know that they're out there. We know there's a lot of distractions. There's going to be a lot of parties that you're not going to be able to go to. There's going to be a lot of concerts, a lot of events, a lot of trips that people may invite you to. You cannot financially do that if you're not ready for it. The problem is you keep kicking the can down the road for saving for retirement. You keep kicking the can down the road for building wealth. If you continue to kick the can down the road, let's just think about this rationally for a second. If you continue to kick the can down the road and say, hey, that's 
a problem for me tomorrow. Not today. JT of today don't have to worry about saving for retirement because JT of tomorrow is going to take care of that. But then when JT of tomorrow becomes the JT of today, he too kicks the can down the road. That's when you wake up 55 years old with nothing, absolutely nothing for you to actually save, to live off of, to not rely on your labor, right? Not rely on your labor to actually make you money. You're young right now. You're young right now. You're strong. You're able to pull all-nighters. You're able to do overtime, right? The mindset of someone who is young and strong and, and you're able to make up any financial difference by just grinding, right? You're going you're gonna to grind and you're going to hustle, right? Your friends want to go to Miami. You don't have the money to go to Miami. Oh, don't worry about it. I'll uh, drive for Uber at night, go to work in the morning, and then pull some overtime. All that's fine now, right? You can do that now. You can't do that at 60-something years old. You're not going to be grinding at 60-something years old. The days of you being able to rely on your labor, your physical labor, right? Your, your muscle, your back, your strength, to be able to make you money, every day you live, that time frame gets shorter and shorter and shorter. Right. Every day, every day you're walking closer and closer to the point where you will no longer be able to rely on your labor by itself. You'll no longer be able to rely on your labor to make you money. So what are you doing now? What decisions are you making right here, right now to make it so where when you are 50 something plus years old, you have a clear and distinct pathway to be able to live, survive, thrive in retirement and not have to bust your butt and grind. Another super chat from, hey, this is from my brother Duke and Don. Y'all go check out his, his YouTube channel, Duke and Don. says, the average house carries at least three forms of debt. People forget when you take on debt, you're borrowing against your future self. Yes. When you're taking on debt, it should be a strategic thing, right? When you're taking on debt, you should be saying, hey, I'm going to leverage my ability to borrow money now on a particular asset that later on the appreciation of that asset, the income producing uh, quality of this asset is going to make up not only the amount of money that I'm borrowing, but it's also going to make up the amount of interest, right? The charge of borrowing money is interest. It's also going to make up the interest that I have with this debt. You can't do that with a credit card and spending money on personal use items, right? If you've got $2,500 worth of credit card debt from shopping on clothing and stuff like that, there's no, <laughs> there's no ROI. There's no return on investment when you borrow 
from a credit card company. When you take on debt from a credit card company to cover personal use items, right then and there, you're in the hole. Not only do you have to pay back the principal, clearly, you also have to pay back the interest. And if you didn't have money for the principal amount of whatever you were buying, where the hell are you going to get the principal amount and the interest from? Where, where is it going to come from? I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand the mindset of using a credit card. Shouts out to Luke Hazley. Luke Hazley is a huge supporter of these Black YouTube streets. Thank you so much for uh, the the super sticker. Thank you so much. What is the mindset of buying personal use items with a credit card? If someone in the chat can help me out here, because I'm I'm a little confused. If you are unable to pay for whatever, I don't care what it is. If it's Christmas gifts, if it's a uh, some sort of outfit for a special event, what, whatever it is, if you are unable to make that purchase in cash now, how are you going to be able to make that purchase in cash plus interest later? The things that I'm, as a pocket watcher, right, the thing that I'm willing to go into debt for are going to be things that actually either make me money or they help me make money, right? So if let's take business stuff off the table. If I take business stuff completely off the table, let's talk about, you know, a car, right? Most people... Honestly, I mean, lately I've been buying my cars in cash, but I have in the past, I've, you know, I've get, I financed cars in the past. Was it the most expensive cars? Now, when I was younger, when I first graduated from uh, college, I did buy an extremely expensive car at an extremely high interest rate that I should have never done. Right. I should have never done it. There was no way that that car was going to give me any real ROI, any real return on investment. That was a complete mistake, and I will never, ever, 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 ever do that again. But let's say in a general sense, a reason why, you know, a person who, if you do finance a car, okay, bare minimum, you can fall back on the point that, hey, I most likely live in a city where we do not have public transportation in a sense where I can just survive off of public transportation. I need the car to be able to get back and forth to work. Okay, well, then in that sense, the car is probably going to help you make enough money where it's feasible to go into debt for that car. Now, a lot of y'all are buying cars way out of hand, way out of pocket with, you, with, with buying your cars. I mean, some of y'all are, are driving around in luxury vehicles when honestly your budget says that you should probably buy some sort of used beater car for under $5,000. Now, before y'all start to throw darts at me and say that I'm crazy, you would never, ever be found driving a car for under $5,000. Just think about it for a second. If you're making $35,000 a year, you're making around $35,000 a year, and I'm including overtime, you're making about $35,000 a year. Why are you buying a car that's worth about $35,000? That's your that's your entire annual salary. 
how could you justify buying an asset that is worth almost identical to the amount of money that you make in a full year? Then most likely you're paying an interest rate that is going to be absolutely ridiculous. You don't even have enough wiggle room to fix the car if something was to happen to the car. If something's going to happen to the car, if there's some sort of accident beyond something, clearly there's going to be paid for insurance. I'm talking about out-of-pocket repairs and stuff like that. Once again, you're going to be in the same position. You'll be going into debt to repair an asset, you know, a personal use asset at that. You'll be going into debt to repair a personal use asset that you didn't have the money to afford in the first place. So what are we... Let me look at the chat real quick. What the hell are we using credit cards? What are we actually buying with this debt? I I, I don't understand what we're doing. Let me see here. It says, um, I put my personal expenses on uh, credit just for, <laughs> just for the points. I pay off the balance every month before it accumulates interest. Listen, young webmaster, you are in probably the... The, the 1% of disciplined consumers who can do that. You can do it, clearly. You're able to master the whole, I'm going to use my credit as cash, even though I have the cash because I want the points. I'm going to make sure I have it paid off. I've got a credit card where it pays itself at the end of the month. Right. I, I do something somewhat similar. I don't use all my personal expenses, but there's certain things that I buy online. I have a credit card attached to that because if I want to, you know, uh, uh, contest some fraudulent charges, it's easier to do with a credit card than it is to do with a debit card. So there's certain purchases that I make, especially online, that I use with a credit card and that credit card pays itself off automatically from my cash account from my uh checking account at the end of every month so i don't you know have any charges like you i don't take on any interest charges but listen people who are living paycheck to paycheck don't try to do this you're not ready for this yet this takes an extremely disciplined individual to be able to do this you should not be worried about credit card extra points and mileage and stuff like that. That's not something that you should be worried about if you're living paycheck to paycheck. If you're a person who has ever walked inside the doors of a uh, paycheck loan place, a payday loan place, you can't do what Young Webmaster is doing. But shouts out to Young to young Webmaster. Says uh, another person, uh, Lyndon Brown says, a 2011 Hyundai uh, Sonata still good. I, I bet it is. I bet the fact that you probably, you don't have a car note on it. It runs still, it still runs pretty well. And you can still, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's clean. You don't drive it around dirty with a bunch of stuff in it. It's like who, once again, who are we trying to impress? Who are you trying to impress? If you're living paycheck to paycheck and you have a freaking uh, BMW, it doesn't matter. <laughs> It it does not matter, but let me start bringing up calls. Let me get some calls out here. Uh, I've got phone number eight oh nine. 
I'm at 908. I'm sorry, 908. 908, you're about to go live. Let me pull you up. 908, can you hear me? Hey, what's up? What's up? Yes, sir. What's your name and where you calling from? Uh, my name is Jihad. I'm from um, New Jersey. Jihad from New Jersey. All right, bro. What? How can I help you? What, what do you want to talk about? Um, so I'm currently, I'm 28 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to buy a house. Um, yeah, I wonder if I could afford to do it. Okay. All right. There's a few things I'm going to need from you and we're going to go, we're going to walk it okay. down. All right. All right. You're 28 years old. You want to buy a mm-hmm. house. My first question is, what are your current living arrangements? How are you living right now? Uh, a little with my parents currently. Okay. So currently you are living with your parents. I have to assume that you're mm-hmm. not paying your parents any rent. Uh, no, I no. pay, um, the car insurance and like cell phone bill. Yeah. But that that's your car and your cell phone bill. Well, no, well, well, the whole house, um, cause we had like three cars, no, four cars. Okay. So I pay everybody else's, um, uh, uh, you pay. Here. Okay. It's like it's, bundled. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bundled together. Okay. Have you ever lived yeah. on your own before? Nope. Okay, so you've all you are you've either been in college, like the dorm room situation, or living with your parents. You've never had to actually sign a lease and have an apartment on your own, and you definitely never owned a home before. Correct. Okay. All right. All right. So you know, what are you trying to buy? Like, what is your budget for the home? What how how much of a home are you trying to buy? What is it going to cost you? Um. I want like a decent home, maybe like something for three hundred, maybe. Like, should I go straight to a home, like a house, or should I get like an apartment instead? <laughs> I'm right. still like trying to like you know. You still okay? <laughs> All right, we go. We gonna talk about. It. We gonna get there. We gonna get there. All right, so okay. you're thinking maybe a single family home at around three hundred k. Yeah. That that's what your mindset is right now. Okay. All right. <laughs> what is your What is your current budget? Right. So quickly, you know, just in general, I don't need it down to the penny. But, at, you know, for the month, how much money do you make a month? Money coming in? Uh, 4500 OK, so 4500 is what comes in every month. All right. What goes yep. out yep. as far as your, your your monthly bills? What goes out the door? Um, mainly just, you know, the car insurance. Mm-hmm. That's like maybe $500. Mm-hmm. And... The telephone bills, like one fifty. One fifty. That's it. What about food? Who's paying for the food? Uh, well, my my father goes food shopping most of the time, but uh, mm-hmm. I do pay for like you know ordering out for the family stuff like that. Right, but that that's sporadic. Yeah, I'm, but still, I mean, it, yeah. there's no guarantee. Like utilities, you you're not paying utility bills or nothing like that right now. No, no. Okay. All right. So roughly right now, because your severe lack of having a whole lot of bills, you're talking about you should be able to keep somewhere around, let's say, twenty eight hundred dollars. Right. I mean, that's how much money should be left over at the end of the month is around twenty eight hundred bucks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Okay, So you got about twenty eight hundred dollars to the good at the end of every month. So. Mm-hmm. How much money do you have saved up? Uh, about sixty-five thousand. All right, so you got you got sixty-five thousand dollars saved up. So is that in cash? 
that's all in savings. Okay, so, yeah. it's all in savings account. So you got sixty. And how long? About how long did it take you to get that sixty-five thousand dollars saved up? Um, it's been my entire life, so maybe like two years, maybe three years. Two or three years to get that sixty-five. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I usually just like cut my check in half or whatever. Okay. Yeah, but, I mean that's yeah. that's that's closely about right. I mean, if you're living the way that you're saying you're living at around twenty eight hundred dollars mm-hmm. a month, it would take you about twenty three, twenty four months to get to about sixty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So that 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 seems about mm-hmm. right. All right. So you got about sixty five thousand dollars in cash. Uh, what type of debt do you have? Uh, I don't have any debt. No debt. No debt whatsoever. Okay. So you got no debt. Nah. Perfect. You got no debt. You got $65,000 saved up in cash. What are you doing about investing for your retirement, your future? Are you do are you enrolled in any type of a retirement plan sponsored by your employer? Yeah, I am. I have okay. like a 401k and all that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you're contributing. Yeah, yeah. About how like percentage-wise, how much are you contributing? Uh, I don't know percent. I think it's like three hundred dollars a month or something like that. Okay. Do you something know? Like do you know if your employer is matching a certain percentage? If you put in, they'll put in a certain uh, amount to match you. Yeah, they do match. Yeah, they do match. Okay. Do you know if you're maxing out the match? Meaning, if they say they'll match, they'll match you up to three percent. You're putting in three percent. I believe so, but I can't, I, I can't confirm truly. I could look, yeah, I gotta look back into that. Okay. All right. So, mm-hmm. one of the things that you need to do, you need to make sure that you are matching or maxing out that match, right? So, that's probably one of the notes mm-hmm. that you need to take down. The very first thing you need to do next time you go into work or you check whatever your HR department online server is or whatever, make sure that you are maximizing mm-hmm. your opportunity to have your employer match the amount of money that goes into your 401k okay make sure that you're doing that all right when we take a look at your your income here you you got about forty five hundred dollars coming in okay based on that based on that what that's telling me is that you can afford generally you can afford a one thousand two hundred and sixty dollar mortgage or rent okay so mm-hmm. what we do as certified financial plans, we are taught that your housing payment needs to be around 28% of your monthly income. So 28% of your mm-hmm. monthly income is $1,260. That's that's the number. That's the mm-hmm. max. I'm not saying that's, that's the starting point. That's the max. Anything mm-hmm. more than that, you're going to be house poor. You're, it's going to take you too long, meaning like if, you, if it takes you two to three weeks, to make enough money to mm-hmm. pay your mortgage or to pay your rent, you're paying too much. So a comfortable budget for you would be around twelve hundred bucks or less. Now at twelve hundred mm-hmm. bucks or less, I don't believe your mortgage for a three hundred k house in and you're in the East Coast, right? Yep, New Jersey. Yep. Yeah, I I don't believe that that's gonna that's gonna make it. I just don't think okay. I don't think a 300 cap. I mean, you can check. I mean, talk to some realtors or whatnot or some mortgage lenders and see what's going on. But 300 K, twelve hundred dollars. I don't think I don't think that 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 number is hitting it quite right. But right now, it mm-hmm. looks like you can make a twelve 
hundred dollar payment. And then when we talk about, I mean, I'm assuming you're trying to get an FHA loan. Is that correct? Um, yes. All right. So FHA loan. I mean, someone in the chat can probably help me out here. But an FHA loan. Let's say you're you're, you're putting down five percent, right? Five percent on an FHA loan, three hundred k. You're talking about you know fifteen thousand dollars, right? About mm -hmm. you you've got the cash to do that. But once again, I'm not sure if you have enough to make that monthly mortgage note, especially way the way that the uh, these rates are going. My suggestion yeah. to you, moving forward, what you need to do, you need to be putting mm -hmm. away twelve hundred dollars a month, as if you're already paying that mortgage or that uh, or that rent. Put it off to the side, okay. as if as let's act as if your parents are making you pay rent right now, and you need to get used to. It. It's like it's like muscle memory. It's like exercising. Mm -hmm. You can't jump from not paying any housing costs whatsoever and think that you're going to start mm -hmm. paying rent or paying a mortgage and it's just going to feel natural. You need to right now, mm -hmm. even though you're with your parents and you don't have to worry about it, start putting away $1,200 every single month into your emergency savings fund or whatever it is that you have as if you're paying rent. Mm -hmm. So when the day does come, when you meet with the right opportunity, be it a single family home, a condo, a, a duplex, maybe you get a duplex, you live on one side, rent out the other side, whatever makes sense for your particular situation, you're already used mm -hmm. to having a, a cash outflow of $1,200 above and beyond what you're currently paying. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah, that's what I would suggest that you do. But right now, the housing market's crazy. You're, uh, I doubt you're yeah, in a position. <laughs> yeah, I, I doubt you're in a position to start trying to outbid, uh, you know, people who are more established, people, you know, have all the, this more experience. You're going to get into a competitive thing because, I mean, you're 28 years old. I'm super competitive mm -hmm. now. I'm, I'm 10 years older than you. I'm 38. <laughs> and I'm super competitive now. Don't get me into a bidding war. And then all of a sudden now I'm emotional in it. And it's not about the house. It's about proving a point that I can win this bidding war. And then I end up buying a house for more than it's worth. You're 28. You're going to be extremely mm -hmm. competitive because you want to buy a home because you want to buy a home. And you can get caught up over paying for a house. So my suggestion is start putting away that $1,200 as if you're paying rent or mortgage right now and wait for this mm -hmm. market to cool down. When it does cool down, these prices get, you know, more reasonable. You'll have that much more in cash to take advantage of the deals that will be available to you. I mean, you're not in a position where your parents are like, "I, right, it's time for you to go, right? You're not under any pressure to leave. You just are ready to make that move. That's correct. Yeah. I would say, hey, continue to stack mm -hmm. the cash, do the additional $1,200 a month, then when the market's cool and trust me it's you you're, you're not going to miss it it's going to be all over the news it's not like you don't you're not even going to have to wait for pocket watching with JT to say hey guys this housing market is starting to cool off it's going to be the top mm -hmm. story every night for months so you're going to know when mm -hmm. the housing market is crazy the only downside of that is interest rates are going to be high that's why you need to make sure that your credit is good, right? Continue to do all the things that you need to do to have great credit because interest rates are going to be high. 
They're going to be looking at credit harder, right? But as long as your credit is good, mm-hmm. you continue to save up this cash, you prepare yourself for the opportunity that's coming, you'll be fine, okay? Okay. That makes total total sense. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you for giving a, a, me a call, man. you welcome back anytime, all right? Uh, thanks, man. All right. <laughs> All right, all right. We all got right, thank you. You too. Got another one here. Let me see. Looks like area code 919. Area code 919. You'll be going live here in one second. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Absolutely. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Al. I'm calling from Georgia, actually, even though it's a North Carolina number. <laughs> all right. Al from Georgia. How can I help you, man? What, what are we talking about tonight? So I um so I want to just kind of like lay the table. This is something I've already started doing. I put a deposit down. Uh-huh. So you might get on me about this. I'm a late bloomer. I'm 49 years old. Uh-huh. I was semi-retired for about six years and went back to work last August. Okay. I'm participating in a travel program that I did in 2016 again because they added Africa to the itinerary. So it's $12,000 for four months to travel to South Africa, Kenya, Tanzania, and Senegal. And that is from September to January, January 7th of 2023. Okay. All right. So you want to purchase, it seems like this is all inclusive, right? This isn't just the, the, the flight cool. tickets. This is food, stay, no. everything, right? Wait, not the, so here's the deal. All I right. have to pay for my ticket to get to Cape Town and I have to pay to get home from the car. But in between, they cover all the travel. I have an apartment. I have a co-working space where I'll be working from. Mm-hmm. Um, they cover some excursions. So they'll take me to wine country. I'll do a safari in Kenya. They're not going to pay for every single meal during the week. So that would get really expensive. Okay. <laughs> but uh, they do supply some of that. All right. So we're looking at a $12,000 vacation, basically. But this is this is something I have to assume, something that you've been looking forward to for a years now this is not something that all of a sudden you saw an infomercial on tv and said i want to do this this is a long-term plan right i i did a 12-month program with them in 2016 i traveled all the way around the world in 12 countries in 12 months this is four countries in four months full four months i start september 4th and january 7th okay all right let's let's get to the numbers let's look at let's look at the numbers here all right so (laughs) yeah all right what is your monthly budget how much money comes in every month okay so i just took a new job i just started on this past week um and that's 17k a month well that's good great money but you just you just took on this job well the last the last job that i left paid 12.7 okay all right here so here's my initial here's my initial reaction right Mm mm-hmm you just joined a new organization, right? Correct. It's not as if your old organization was bought out by another company. This is a brand new organization, Correct. right? True. So yep. you really haven't had the time to build the relationships within this organization where they they really know who you are. I mean, I'm sure they vetted you. Well, let me let me add. It. I, you are absolutely right, but okay. except for one thing. Okay, so go ahead. Me, I didn't I didn't say. Okay. Uh, they brought me on to be the CTO of the startup in Atlanta. I actually contracted them for an entire year. Okay, so you, 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 so you I do have a, I do have a relationship. Okay, but not in this world. Okay, that makes it a little bit, that makes it a little bit better because I was like, you can't, you can't all of a sudden. I know, I know, I know, I know, right? 
<laughs> you can't all of a sudden jump from, all right, thank you for the job on Monday and be like, I see y'all later <laughs> on Tuesday. Right, you got to spend some time, but so, you, you've yeah, been so yeah. So understand, I have been, I haven't lived in the U.S. for six years. I'm a I'm a full time remote traveler. That's what oh, I. Oh, okay, okay. So this isn't a I'm going on vacation. I want to be clear about that. What I'm trying to get to is because you have this background in accounting. I'm, following, I'm mm-hmm. only been following for a few weeks, but you've mm-hmm. been dropping some nuggets, man. Mm-hmm. And because I'm playing catch up, this is where I'm like, can I still? Like, does this make financial sense for me to pay catch up at 49 years old and right. still do this? Or should I do like the Dave Ramsey beans and rice thing? Well, it doesn't have to be beans and rice. It doesn't have to be beans and rice. But when you say catch up, what is your greatest concern about where you are now financially and where you want to be? What What is your greatest concern? So I'm it's not a question of concern. It's just, I have mm. peers. Like I just talked to a friend of mine is really good. She's been working for one of these really, really uh, well-known consulting companies. Uh-huh. And we shared some numbers with each other. And she's got the, like you mentioned, the 401k millionaire in your, in some, a lot of your videos. You yep. talk about the difference. Mm-hmm. She's one of those. She's a 401k millionaire. Right. And I feel like I've had fun. Again, I've been semi-retired for six years, traveled mm-hmm. the world, lived in 30 countries, mm-hmm. had a great time. But my, my balance sheet, <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Isn't, isn't isn't where it needs to be. Okay. All right. Now, if you if you're aware of this, your balance sheet isn't where it needs to be. You've got seventeen thousand dollars coming in. Okay, great. What's going out the door? If you got seventeen thousand going in before, it was like a little over twelve. Now it's seventeen. Mm-hmm. What's going out the door mm-hmm. monthly? So before my, I cap it at 35 every month. That's like my top end. Like that's everything. That is fun money, going on side trips, tequila, tacos, the whole nine. Okay. That's the max every month. Um, And I started putting away money uh, in August. Again, I wasn't doing anything until August of last year when I worked for the last company. Mm -hmm. I went back to work full time. Okay. So I've been aggressively saving. So let me give you an idea. January, my savings rate was 33, which, and then February was the lowest it's been since I started. Mm-hmm. March was 45.6%, and this month, April, will be 61.9% savings rate. That's how much money I'm putting away. Right. Okay. So, I mean, just roughly, if we just look at the numbers, you're telling me mm-hmm. that, you know, after taxes or whatever, you should have somewhere around on the low end, 8000 maybe more around 11 or possibly $12,000 that you have at the end of every month. Correct. Okay. So what are we doing? I mean, with this money, what are we doing with it? It's going in the savings. It's going into some retirement account. What are we doing with almost on average, let's just say 10 K 10 K at the end of every month, where the hell is that going? Now understand Remember now, this is a new number, not the old number. I know. I, I, I got 10, it. I got it. Okay. Brokerage account. Like I'm, I'm actually investing. Okay. And in general, what, what are you, what are you buying in this brokerage account? Do you have someone who's managing this money or just totally do it yourself? I'm a do it myself kind of guy. Okay. How I am. And I have been, I, and, and, and you might, you might burn me up for this. Mm -hmm. I have been options trading. Yeah. (laughs) I know what's coming. What, what are you, what are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. So first of all, I don't buy options. Okay. I sell options. I okay. Run the, I run the wheel. 
I sell options. So, for instance, I will buy Ford, and I will sell options on Ford. That's how I do it. Okay. Now. So just just know I'm not doing GameStop and that meme stuff. I'm not doing that crazy. I, I got you, but here's my question. How much time out of the day does it take you to 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 do this? Like, how much time are you dedicating to dealing with these options? So this is what I do. So mm-hmm. in the morning, I get up. Um, I like on the weekends, like tonight, I will look for the week. Mm-hmm. I will look and see. I only have so many underlying stocks or funds, or whatever that I look at. Right. And I decide what my play is for the week. That's it. Mm-hmm. I make my purchases typically on Monday, maybe Wednesday if I don't feel like it's time. And then I make my other moves on Friday. I don't spend the do. I, I, I promise you, I spent more time when I used to do fantasy football <laughs> than, 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 this. than I did this. Okay. Because I don't have, I'm not a day trader. I'm not even a swing trader. I'm not interested in that. Mm-hmm. What I'm looking at is overall market movements over time. And I, and I don't want to like, I really am cautious. I don't want to try to give any listeners some idea of like, this is the thing to do or the way right. to go. This is just something that hit me. Mm-hmm. And full disclosure, my background is um, my undergrad is in computer science and I have an MBA. So okay. like I, I'm not someone who just walked into this thing just like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Right. But for someone like you who is an accountant, I wanted your input on this because I know you know this. I know you've seen these returns. I know you've talked about Listen, we've been in a raging bull market for years. Okay? A raging bull market for years. Meaning for, for people who don't know what I'm saying, We've been in a market that has been growing and growing consistently in markets like this. And I hate to say this, but in markets like this, any idiot can make money in a raging. As long as you buy. Right. And you don't sell when the market's down in the few instances Mm -hmm. when the market is down, you're going to make money. But you have to have a financial plan that also adds in the factor that we will not always be in a raging bull market. We will end up in a bear market at some point. Now, I understand you, you, you're not a complete novice, right? You, you, you have an understanding of what it is that you're doing, but there has to be some better allocation to this, right? Okay. All right. The, the portion of your portfolio that you're doing totally, you know, do it yourself and, you know, doing the options, you've got to put a cap on that. It can't be the okay. entire $10,000 a month that you have, right? It's got to be a cap. It's got to be somewhere, and I'm being somewhat generous to say 15 to 20%. Okay. The okay, rest of, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's exactly what I wanted to hear, man. I'm like, okay. I need another voice. Yeah. To tell me this. <laughs> because I know you're betting on yourself, and it's a great feeling to bet on yourself. But Correct. I say 80% of that, man, just stick that in a good index fund and let that sucker ride and just do dollar cost averaging. Uh, I mean, if you're with this new startup, you're you're the CTO of this new startup, you know, see if they can, you know, have a you know 401k plan, even if you're the only person doing the 401k plan in the company, right? Even if you're the only person doing talking, it. Yeah, we're talking about that right now. Right. Yeah, we're talking about that now. Because between you and the company, which I'm sure you have equity in this startup, I'm, I have to assume you got some equity, right? 
So here's the deal. Um, that was part of the negotiation. I gave them my number mm-hmm. uh, that was negotiable. Right now, my deliverables, because it's a, it's, a, it's a mobile app. Got so you. my equity investment is over two years, but it's accelerated. The sooner I get them into the app store, and then we go through, because we're pre-seed. Got, okay. And that will change once we raise. Once we raise, that all that changes. Gotcha. Well, just let them know, I mean, because what you can do within your compensation plan now is that you can negotiate or let them know, hey, I want a portion of this to go in as, you know, maybe like if they set up like a uh, a SEP IRA or the 401k, you can put up to somewhere around 60000 I want to say $63,000, $65,000 a year in that, which would be tax deductible, you know, on your end, right? The portion that uh, as you as the employee. So you could be putting away tax deferred money into a retirement account they can be up to 60 plus thousand dollars annually what so just to be clear because that number is higher than what i realized i'm like mm-hmm. um what type of plan should they be setting up where i can right. put that much in because i only knew about the 401k yeah okay so so even with a 401k there is the employee portion and there's the employer mm-hmm. portion as the employee your cap it was 19,500. I believe the new cap for this year is 20,500. Okay? Okay. The employer side depending on profitability though, right? If they're doing like a, a pro, you know, if they are contributing, they can put in enough where it bumps you all the way up to, you know, about $60,000. Ah. It's so there's the employer and the employee E side, the employer side is what can bump you up to the sixty plus thousand dollars. The employee side is the part where it's twenty thousand five hundred. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That'll help kind of you know push the envelope there and you know on, on what you're getting. So that's something that I would say to them. But okay, how much do you have in savings? So right now I've got about forty total, forty k. It's all like in like six or seven is in an 043B when I used to work for a nonprofit. And then the 33, 34 is in uh, the brokerage account. What what do you have in cash? So, uh, so about five, six or 7,000 is in cash in the brokerage account. I never put all of it into the line. Okay. So that's not, that's not enough. That's not enough. I'm assuming you're single, you're, you're single income household. Single, no, no, no car, no house, of course, because I don't live in the U.S. And right. I, you're an accountant, so I don't, but I don't know if you know this. Mm-hmm. I also take advantage of the foreign earned inclusion, exclusion, income exclusion. Right, right. Tax so, purposes. So, yeah, for, so for, for people who are unaware what we're talking about, if you are living abroad, you're a U.S. citizen, and you're living abroad, you can file for an exclusion of a certain amount of your income. Man, I want to say it was around like $55,000 at one point. Oh, no, 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 no. What was it? What was it? It was a third. 109K last year. It was 109,000? Yeah, 109k last. Oh man, they bumped it. Yeah, they bumped it way up from the point where I was thinking. About. <laughs> yeah, they did. Okay, yeah, they bumped it up way up. But you can have that amount down. That's what's excluded from the U.S. Now, if you are paying taxes on the money from where you're currently stationed, you you have to deal with that country. Correct. But Correct. as far as the that U.S. is concerned, you don't have to pay taxes on that money. Now, for those of you who are self-employed, don't get too excited. 
because you're still going to be subject to Social Security, Medicare tax if you're filing on the schedule uh, schedule C. One hundred percent. Yeah. People people don't realize that they get all excited and then they realize like, no, no, you're self-employed. You still got to do the fifteen point three percent, and you still got to pay that. Blah 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 Mm -hmm. blah blah. Okay, so yeah, so 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 you're taking advantage of that. You have you know a large part of your income excluded from federal income tax, right? That's great. But I would say, yeah, check on that. But right now you don't, you, you, you still don't have enough in cash for, for an emergency. Cause if something crazy happens, you're dealing with a startup, you know, startups are grand opening, grand closing. Yeah. You're making $17,000 a month now, but that can go to zero off some weird, weird old thing. Like just one of the founders do something weird and it's over. That's true. You you, you need true. to have at least six months. That this is not six okay. months. This is this okay. is like right. this is barely one month. So I need to have like eighteen, nineteen thousand in cash. I believe like so. Set aside. I believe so. Okay. okay. I absolutely believe so. So I, I, right I now you good. you don't have it. <laughs> you don't have it to pay for the twelve thousand dollars for this trip. Only after this is well, what I would. Front. It's not up front. It's not up front. And oh, I'll you'd have, be paying. I'll have this nineteen. I'll have this nineteen on May fifteenth. <laughs> so, okay. So, so like. And the trip is until September. All right. So this is what I would do to reward myself, right? Before I can, you know, finalize and do this trip, you need to have the emergency savings fund up. You need to Mm -hmm. have a conversation and see what you can do as far as setting up some sort of 401k or SEP IRA with the uh, organization that you're currently with. Bare minimum, be putting money into an IRA. At least do that. Okay. Uh, and then also you got to shift the allocation of your portfolio. The money that you play with, limit that to like 20%. The other 80, okay. do some index funds. Talk to ACFP okay. in your area and um, you know have a sit down, have a real consultation so that they can go over your risk tolerance, what makes the most sense for you based on your timeline. Make sure you get with a CFP and really get this out. You know, I know you're a D, you know, do it yourself type of guy. And I have a lot of clients who are do it themselves, but they still want to have this type of counsel from time to time. And a CFP is going to be able to take care of that for you. Okay. Man, thank you so much. This is exactly what I needed to hear. Right. <laughs> I appreciate you so much. All right, man. I'm happy I can help, man. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All Bye. right. All right. I got another person back there. It's 714, 714. I'm going to bring you up. But let me read this super chat. Uh, Let me see here. Got a super chat from Tracy. Tracy says, is there a way to use credit cards to buy appreciating assets or make smart purchases? Which products do you recommend? I never carry a balance at 23. Tracy, uh, Tracy, what you're asking me is a question for what would someone do in a perfect world situation? In a perfect world situation, I would say, yeah, you can buy this and you can buy that, but we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a world with a lot of ups and a lot of downs. I would not suggest that you buy an appreciating asset with with the credit card. Right? I, I, I just wouldn't. The interest rates are way too high. Uh, if you have the cash to do it, just do it with cash. You're 23 years old. You don't carry a balance now. I don't want you to start carrying a balance, even though you're not buying a purse. You're buying some sort of asset with it. But still, I I, I don't want to say yes to that. 
No, don't just don't do it. If you have the cash to buy the appreciation, uh, the appreciating asset, use the cash. If you don't have it yet, save up the cash. I would not suggest that you do this because it's a slippery slope, right? It, it, you might do it right one time, and then the second or third time you do it, you end up going all the way down off the cliff. So, no, I, I would suggest you not do it. There's some things that I can kind of think of, but that's more on the business side, not the personal side. You know, there's situations that make sense with someone who's a business owner and they got to they have to kind of finance business related assets with their personal credit cards, which isn't the best thing. But it is an option for business owners. But if you're not a business owner, no, I, I wouldn't say that's something that you should even be considering. I'm sorry. Don't do it. Don't do it. Let me check and see if there's any other super chats that I missed. And then I'm going to bring up hopefully the last call because I've been going here for about an hour here. Uh, I got caller from 714. Let me bring you up here. 714. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, I'm Ron. I'm from. Uh, I'm currently living in uh, the Atlanta area. Ron from Atlanta. All right. How can I help you? Yeah. So I don't know if it's like, can I afford it? I'll, I'll describe my situation. So let's do it. Um, I'm 35. I'm okay. I'm mm -hmm. 35. My wife's uh, the same age. Mm -hmm. We have about 120 saved. Um, we have a house that has probably like 180. No. Uh, probably, I don't know, it's worth about 400 and we owe less than 200. So, yeah, um, we have you're right around, right around $200,000 equity is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, no car loans, no student loans, none of that. Okay. We like one 832, my wife's at about 820. Um, the only thing is we don't opportunities we're sitting here waiting on cash uh holding cash waiting for an opportunity um we don't know what to do we see the inflation go up and we're like okay uh our money is now worth less we we made i filed our taxes uh this last year and we made ten dollars on interest on it's crazy right um so we're like we're like wasting our time. Yeah, we're contributing to four hundred one ks and stuff like that. You're maxing um, you're maxing out on those four hundred one ks, right? Well, yeah. Um, my my company, I contribute six percent, and they match to nine percent. Well, they match nine percent to my six percent. That's the max. I couldn't contribute more, um, but it wouldn't be matched. Okay. Um, and my wife is the same. Okay. So, so currently, like I have about sixty grand in my four one k, and I don't exactly know where she is. So I, I'm thinking like cash, cash wise, we're we're pretty well off, but we are just looking for opportunities. I, I don't know many people and all of that, so our mm. opportunities are, are are not there. One thing I did consider is just uh, putting it towards the mortgage on the house to save on interest. You know, um, our interest rate on the house is only, I think, 3.7. Mm -hmm. I never refinanced or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I'm just looking for what do I do? Uh, what do I do okay. with, with the money I have? All right, listen, there, there are many, 
many, many brilliant black CFPs in Atlanta because I know them because I've interviewed them on my other channel, right? I just interviewed uh, Malik Lee, CFP out of Atlanta. So, you know, before I give you what I think, I'm obviously going to say you need to reach out to a black CFP in Atlanta who can take the real time okay. to review your entire financial situation, review what your short-term goals are, what your long-term goals are, and they will help you prepare a financial plan to get you to where you want to go. So that's number one. Reach out to one of the many highly qualified, brilliant black CFPs in the Atlanta area. There's, there's many, trust me. But all right, besides okay. that, just focus on this uh, one phone call. What am I saying? Okay. One, why do you have so much cash? Were you anticipating a purchase? Why do you have so much in cash? Uh, we've just been diligent um, savers. When I get a bonus, I put it right into the savings. Um, we save uh, a thousand a month, and then yeah, when we get the extras, we we put it in there. So it's just an accumulation of years. Okay. What what's your monthly budget? How much comes in a month? Um. Well, my wife makes. I I could tell you. I don't know the monthly figures. I, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't need it down four. to a penny. Just give me. Give me. Give me. You know, okay. a, a, a round number. Well, I'm just saying my wife makes about 50000 I make about 90000 so we make free tax. Okay. So we're, if we're going to take that, you got about no 100, kids. you got about 140, right? So if it's about 140, you're looking at around maybe $8,000 after taxes monthly coming in. Does that sound about right? Okay. All right. So if you got around, if probably, you, yeah, yeah. If you got around eight thousand dollars coming in after tax monthly, how much is going out the door? Whatever, what are our monthly expenses? Obviously, we got the mortgage. You don't have much other debt than the mortgage. So you got mortgage. You got uh, uh, utility bills. You have uh, food. That's, that's a, yeah. So, so um, we we do eat out often, but uh, I bet our mortgage, without uh, no kids, I bet you I do eat out a lot. Our our mortgage is fourteen hundred um, a month, and uh -huh. that's about it. Um, everything else is regular bills, uh, utilities, stuff like that. Um, yeah. All right. So we're say if we're saying fourteen hundred dollars for uh, the mortgage, I'll say between. Oh, uh, Go ahead. One one thing I should throw out there. Um, we did decide to have my, to send my wife back to school, so we're paying that. We're not um, taking out student loans, uh, so we thought that would be a good investment. So we mm -hmm. do pay for that. Um, well, I forget what that is, but probably close to eight hundred, uh, five hundred a month or so. It um, that we it pay. could be a good investment, depending on what she's studying. What is she studying? Uh, she plans to be a SLP, a speech language pathologist. She currently makes fifty thousand, and we're, when she gets done, she'll be making like eighty. Okay, all right. Then that makes okay. That makes sense. As long as it's not underwater basket weaving or something ridiculous. Okay, then 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 no, then, no, no. then that part makes sense. So I'm doing I'm doing the mortgage. I'm taking the mortgage out. I'm taking out eight hundred for school, just for certain incidentals. Um, I'm doing another two thousand dollars here. Uh, I'm still I'm still looking at thirty eight hundred bucks here, and you're saying that you're saving a thousand. Where's the rest of this money going? 
not sure. I will have to look into that. Yeah, um, yeah. I would say so that that should be my. Yeah. yeah, that should be project number one. I can tell you right now, if you work with one of the very highly qualified, brilliant black CFPs in the Atlanta area, they are going to work with you to figure out where this leakage is, because I'm trying to round down on the income and I'm rounding up on your expenses. And I'm still seeing somewhere around two thousand twenty five hundred or maybe even thirty five hundred dollars of money left over that you should have left over at the end of the month. But what I'm getting from you is that you're saving a thousand dollars a month. So there's about a $2,500 difference here that we need to figure out where the hell That's is this. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so we need to figure out where the hell is this other $2,500 going? Cause that should be going towards funding, whatever your long-term financial goals are. So that, that should be something that obviously one of those brilliant black CFPs in, a, in the Atlanta area will be able to help you out with. But that's that's concerning because I don't understand how my numbers are so far off because I'm rounding down on income and I'm rounding up on expenses and I see more than $1,000. But let's get back to this $120,000 that you have saved up. You got $120,000 mm-hmm. saved up based on just, just you grinding, you and your wife grinding and saving up money. That is great. But based on your budget, you would be what I would consider overly invested in cash. You're young. You're 35 years old. You are overly invested in cash. Okay, you should only have enough cash on hand to take care of two things in a general sense. Two things. One, emergency savings. Right. We already talked about that. Three months if you have two incomes, six months if you have one income. The other reason why you should have Mm -hmm. cash on hand is because you have a short term expense that you need to pay for. Right. Maybe you need to buy a new car coming up. So you have cash on hand. Maybe you want to buy some uh, a new home. So you have cash on hand for a down payment. Something like that. Right. Or maybe you're of an entrepreneurial spirit and you're saving up cash on hand to make an investment in a uh in a business venture that you want to do that makes sense but based on what you're uh you know been telling me over the past couple of minutes here i haven't heard any of those things so you are overly invested in cash so what that leads me to believe is you have somewhat of a low risk tolerance when it comes to investing am i right or wrong about that yeah yeah Uh, yeah i don't like taking risks yeah. All right. Well, here, here's the deal with that, though. No risk, no reward does not mean that you have to go crazy with the risk. Right. But with no risk, there's no reward. You need to work with that black CFP in Atlanta that I'm talking about. Now, you know, you can easily go to CFP.net, put in your uh, zip code and uh, it will pop up all the CFPs in your area. And like I said, I know uh, Jacqueline, she's in the, uh, uh, Jacqueline Shattuck, she's in the, in the Atlanta area. Malik Lee, he's in the Atlanta area. And there's so there's so many more. There's so many more. It's ridiculous. But you can find them and they're going to help you out with this. But they're going to sit down and help create a portfolio for you that is going to take into consideration your risk tolerance. The reason why most people have risks, right? They 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 fear the risk in the market. It is going to come down to a couple of factors. One reason why a person in your situation, you know, you, you make decent money, you have the ability to save, 
the reason why you're you know probably a little adverse to risk is because obviously you're afraid of a downturn in the market that could wipe out a lot of this principle right i mean it makes sense you yeah. don't want to put in uh you know eighty thousand dollars in the market on monday and then look up on friday and see that it's only worth thirty five thousand dollars no one wants to do that right it's it's ridiculous yeah here's the thing that should set you a little bit at ease the money that you would be putting in the market is money that you're not even going to need to see for the next 30 years. You've got 30 years before you're 65 years old. Let's just think about this. You've got 30 years mm -hmm. before you're 65. I nor anyone else can tell you what the market's going to do in the next six months, in the next six years. No one can tell you what the market's going to be. But I can bet on everything that I own that in 30 years from now, the market's going to be higher than it is right now. 30 years? I can I can, I can, almost guarantee you that wherever the market is now, it's going to be much higher in 30 years. So you should yeah. kind of take a deep breath and realize, okay, this is not money that I'm going to need in the next five years. So even if we do hit the recession where a lot of economists are saying, listen, America, we are headed towards a recession. You're not going to need this mm -hmm. money in the next five years. I'm not saying put the whole 120. We still need that comfortable emergency savings fund. But if you put in 50, right, out of this 120, if you put in mm -hmm. 50, then don't mm -hmm. even look at it. You don't have to look at it. I don't understand why people look at the market every day as if this is money that they need right now. Don't even look at it. At best, yeah. look at it quarterly, maybe annually. But if you're not going to use this money for the next 30 years, you're going to be OK. So my my suggestion to you, number one, you go contact one of the very capable, brilliant black certified financial planners in the Atlanta area. Sit down, have a consultation with them. Let them know Everything that's going on, and I'm telling you, between a you know three-week to six-week engagement with them, they will be able to prepare for you a financial plan that takes into consideration all of your dreams, your goals, and your risk tolerance, and you'll be clearly on a pathway to accomplishing your goals, okay? Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Big fan. <laughs> all right, I appreciate it. Thank you. You have a good one. You too. All right. All right. We got a last call. Someone popped up here. We got one last call. Area code 678. Area code 678. You should be live now. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, absolutely. What's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Kabir and uh, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> and um, one of the one of the things that I keep debating on is being mortgage free. Mm -hmm. um, it was very, it was a high priority for me to stay out of debt. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know debt is a, a valuable tool. It can be used as a gift and a curse, but yes. with the mortgage in your opinion, should, is it okay to be mortgage free or is it, I wouldn't say acceptable, but is a mortgage really, you know, it seems like in American culture, a mortgage is just accepted and it's, mm -hmm. you know, used for but i don't know what's your opinion about having a mortgage all right for, here, for a primary resident 
Gotcha. Or a primary resident. Here, here's what the issue is when it comes to this question. It's going to depend on the individual. And here's why. When you're talking about should I pay off the mortgage and be mortgage free or should I have a mortgage? The core of your question is opportunity cost. That's what it comes down to. What is the opportunity cost? In economics, when we talk about opportunity cost, what we're basically saying is what are we giving up when we take a particular action? So to better you know, illustrate this point, the real question that you're asking me is, hey, if I was to take a certain amount of available cash and pay off my mortgage, is that a good idea or a bad idea? Well, I mean, it's going to depend on who you are, what your financial goals are, and what you have moving forward within the short term, one to two to five years, and then long term, 20 to 30 years. Because here's why. Yes, in the United States, having a mortgage is not considered bad debt in a general sense. You know, as long as you're not underwater, right, upside down on the uh, how much you owe and the market value of your home, having a mortgage in a general sense is not considered bad debt because usually the interest rate on your mortgage is low. It has been in the past. It's starting to creep up. But the mortgage interest is low. This is where you live. And generally, the appreciation of the value of the home makes up for the interest in a general sense. Now, you clearly have an issue with having this debt. So it doesn't matter if I'm talking to another client who doesn't care whatsoever what the debt is. I'm talking to you. So because I'm talking to you, I have to approach this from a perspective of a CFP talking to someone who seems to be debt averse, right? Just like the last caller was averse to risk in the market, you are averse to having debt. So clearly being debt free is a part of your short-term and long-term goals here. My question to you is, what is your age? How old are you? I'm 30 years old. Okay, so you're, you're and, uh, I, I purchased at a time when you know I live in Atlanta. Uh -huh. which is, I mean, things are changing, but it's generally inexpensive to live in this city. Well, at the time when I purchased, mm -hmm. and to, to give some context, I was you know heavily influenced by like rich dad, poor dad, okay, and learning the difference between um, like a liability versus an asset. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just always thought of like my primary residence not as an investment, but more as a I mean, it's an asset. It has value, but it's not readily putting, you know, money into my pocket like Agreed. other securities and other businesses. Yeah. So I'm just, I don't know. That's one area that I'm kind of hesitant on. I'm not against debt. It's just against debt for liabilities that don't actually give me a, a return, you know? No, I, no. I, I completely I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I, I understand I, your, your reasoning about yeah. appreciation. I 100% agree with that, but mm -hmm. that's not something I, I really consider. Right. That's not something I can control or predict. Right. But, you know, that that's my whole mindset is like, is a mortgage for something that isn't really bringing me money, mm -hmm. like my primary residence? Do you recommend that for your, you know, client? No, it, it depends. It's, it's a case by case situation. Once again, I got to point back to opportunity costs. So if I'm assuming you have the cash on hand to pay this off, right? Oh yeah, this was done back in like 2017. Yeah. So so you so, have you, you know, have yeah, you have the cash on hand to pay off this mortgage. The only question that I would ask you before 
you pay off the mortgages. Okay, what what other better use of this cash do you have? If you do not have a better use for this cash, then I would say go ahead and pay off the mortgage because one, specifically talking to your situation, you don't see it as a value mark of having this mortgage, right? You want to get it paid I off. I don't have a mortgage for context. You know, I don't have a mortgage. Oh, you're That's just saying in general. Did, you know, years ago. But I'm debating about, you know, like there's opportunities to refinance or. Oh, know, OK. Like, well, well, like, I, I still I'm hesitant about doing that because my ultimately take my out debt on, to, it. you know, not have a job, you know. So if I, I can you. eliminate my liabilities and my bills, I can get there quicker versus, you know, accumulating, you know, bills and liabilities. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, so you do not have a mortgage currently on this property. You are asking the question, like, should you take out debt on this property? Once again, correct. My question is, what the hell would you be doing with the money that you would be taking out of the property? What would you be doing with it? And does it have a better upside than the debt that you are now getting yourself into? Like, what would you use the money for? I don't think you have any plan to use right. this money. Anything, anything I would do, anything I would do would be more speculative because yeah. I understand the whole concept of opportunity cost, but yeah. nothing is more guaranteed than that interest rate, right? And then yeah. you have to counter, you know, the best, your returns, minus yeah. the taxes, you know, like all of that is speculative. And, you know, one thing about the market, for example, if I were to do that, mm -hmm. you know, you can't predict future performance based on past performance you know i, I know this never done very well yeah 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 never you know, but i can't count on that happening you know next year or 10 years from now it could it could literally go negative you uh, don't know you can't predict the future based on you know past performance you're you're 100 correct i would never give anyone any type of advice telling them that they should take out debt from their home and invest in something speculative right I was thinking more of, you know, let's say you're an attorney, you've been working for a firm for a while. Now you want to start a solo practice. You need a little startup capital for your solo practice. Okay, that would make some sense to pull out some equity for your home to, no. you know, something something like that makes sense. But what you're talking about absolutely not. You are you should not be taking oh. out money from your home to invest in the market, the stock market or something like that. No, none whatsoever, especially when okay, we're I headed agree. towards, yeah, especially since we're heading towards most likely a recession. No, sir. Absolutely not. So Never in a up, million years. To sum it up, you wouldn't, you would just stay put, just stay, stay the course and just. Yeah, I would not. I mean, you have a paid off home. That's what, that's one of your greatest assets right now in the concept of you have a paid off home as we head towards a recession, meaning you're not obligated to debt payments monthly for where you live. That's the advantage that you have. That's the plus, not the equity that you have in the home that you can pull out. It's the fact that you do not have monthly mortgage payments that you have to deal with. Now, the cash that you would be using to pay a mortgage, that is now something that you can use to fund other opportunities, but not to take money out of your personal home. I would never do that. Not in a million years. No, sir. 
Okay, thank you so much. I really enjoy your channel, and I, I think your content is very valuable. I really <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. You have a good one, all right? Thank you. All right. All right. Th- this one coming up is going to be the last one. Everyone's always sneaking in on me. In this new show format, I'm, I'm a sucker, and you're always able to pull one more uh, call out of me. So call her from 512. Call her from 512. You are coming. I was thinking up. more of. Okay, know, I turn me down. Turn me down. You've been working for a firm for a while. All right. So call her from. I'm going to bring you back on. Call her from 512. There's a little bit of a delay. So if you can hear me now, call her 512. Wherever you're listening to me, don't cut me off because I still want the view. Don't cut me off. Just put put the video on mute. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a couple of seconds here. Put the video on mute. Call her from five one two. Put it on mute, and I'm gonna pull you back up. I'll give you a couple of seconds. Let me see if there's anything in the chat that I missed. All right, I think I'm pretty much caught up. So call her from five one two. Put me on mute as I put you on the line. I mean, you have a pay off for a team. Can you hear me? Yeah. I got, I got to put you. <laughs> I don't know how big of a delay this is, <laughs> or I don't know what at what point. But call, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gonna give it a couple of minutes. Let me read some stuff from the chat. Caller from five one two, put the show on mute, and I'm gonna bring you up here in a second. Let me see if there's anything in the chat that I've missed so far. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, calling JT. Advice. Uh, uh, great topic, JT. And uh, behind, just started watching. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it, guys. I'm I'm trying to do more shows like this. Uh, trying to bring value to you guys. What you here? Listen, this is what y'all can do to help me. Well, as I wait for caller from five one two to put me on mute, this is what the pocket watchers can do for me. Listen, I got a lot of people flooding my inbox about advertisements that they want to put on my show half of them seem uh a complete scam the other half are things that honestly i don't want to advertise to y'all because i don't know these companies and i haven't vetted these companies but they see value in the pocket watches and they want to put ads on my show uh i'm not really ready to do that because like i said half of them some of them are like weird look like pump and dump uh cryptocurrencies that i'm not going to sell to you guys in the other half like i said they seem they seem a little off what you can do for me though you can share this content (laughs) share this content that helps grow the channel and i don't have to worry about trying to vet all these different companies that are coming at me trying to run ads on my show and i don't really know who the hell these companies are so do me the favor share the content that's huge hit the like button subscribe, share the content, and that makes it easier for me where I have no pressure to try to find advertisers on the show. Now, if the right one comes, then the right one comes. It's a company that I believe in and I want to share with my audience. But as of right now, the right uh, company has not come to me and I will not be running any ads because if I wouldn't use the company, I'm not going to share with y'all. All right, so let me try caller from 512. All right, can you hey, hear me? Hey, JT, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. What, what's your name yeah, or where can... you calling from? Hey, man, it's James, man. I'm, I'm calling. I'm actually calling from Texas, man. Okay. All right, so what's up? How can I help you? 
Listen, listen. Before we start, I need you to say that I cannot afford this so I can go ahead and pull back. All right? <laughs> oh, well, you got That's it. Jump, I jump. need you to. I, I, it, it sounds like it, this is going to yeah. be easy. You cannot afford it. So let, let's hear. What, what is it? I hope I hope so. But it, this for my wife. So we're going to start over as if, you know, but it just say no. <laughs> but it's for my wife, man. She want a, she want a new Audi, bro. <laughs> All right. She, she, she wants a new car. All right, so you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Yeah, man. All right, hey, how, how you doing, JT? How you doing, man? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm we doing starting great. over. Let's let's do this. All right. All right. What, cool. what, what what can I help right. you with? Okay, hey man, I'm trying to figure out if uh, you know, I really want to get my wife this new Audi, make her happy and stuff, man. But I got I got to figure out if we can afford it, you know. So I need your expertise. All right, well let let let's start with the sticker price of the car. How much did the car cost? All right, went to the dealership yesterday, man. Brand new, first of all. I know that's that's never the way to go, but yeah, yeah. it's about fifty six, about fifty six thousand. Okay, so we're talking about fifty six thousand dollar car. Okay, so we got fifty six thousand dollar car. Yes, sir. Perfect. How much money do you bring in a month? All right, so combined, uh, just but like gross, we do about. I do. I know I, I okay, so I know what I net. I net about uh when it's all said and done, about sixty, just over sixty. It's like seventy five, but I only see about sixty, maybe sixty three, something like that. Oh, sixty, Are we talking about sixty three hundred or sixty three thousand? What 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 numbers are we talking about here? Thousand. Thousand, I'm sorry, a year. Yeah. A year. Uh, a year. Okay, a year. Six so sixty you're talking about sixty three K a year. That's what you're doing. And does your wife work? Yeah, she does. And that's not counting the side gig. My side gig probably does about another 20, 25. Okay. And your wife, how much does yeah, your wife so bring I in? I got those together. Are you ready for this? Uh-huh. She, she, she's an IT. She brings about two twenty-five. So $225,000 a year. Yes, sir. Now, okay. that's what she grossed. Now, what she net... Is of course gonna be less than that, you know. Uncle Sam be he be getting his he be getting his cut. I can understand. Like I can understand. All right, all right. So we're we're saying a gross. We're grossing over three hundred thousand dollars a year. That's what we're grossing b- before tax. Okay. And right. the, the purchase of the car we're talking about a fifty six thousand dollar car. Okay. Now that's the numbers uh-huh. as far as what you're grossing. I want to know because if we're talking about monthly and we break that down monthly. You're talking about maybe around $25,000 a month after tax that you're bringing in anywhere between on the low end 20 to maybe on the high end $25,000 a month you've got coming in. Uh, you know, everything's on auto. So I, I, that's probably, that's probably uh, about, let's say 20 to be safe. Yeah, let's say, yeah, probably, I'm going to go with the low. We'll go with the low. Let's say 20. Okay. Let's say you're bringing in yeah. 20. You're bringing in twenty thousand yep. dollars a month. What the hell is going out? How much is going out? Hey, we live pretty modest now. Our mortgage, okay. So I know our expenses one hundred percent. Our expenses, uh, it's about four thousand. That <laughs> mortgage, everything from that. All right. So you're telling me, you're telling me, you're bringing in around. Uh, I don't know if you still. He, he might have cut off. Oh man, he might. I, I'm gonna keep going. If you could call back in, because I remember, I somewhat remember the number. So if you call back in, I'll bring you back up. But let me let me kind of summarize for the people here. Uh, let me summarize for the people. It looks as if 
the brother has around twenty thousand dollars a month coming in, right? About twenty-five. Let me see. Five. Let me just. I'm writing this brother's number down just in case I see it again, so I can pull him back up. Give me one second, y'all. All right, I got his number down. So if I see if I see your number pop back up, I'm gonna bring you up. Oh, I think you're here. Let me see. All right, you're back on. Okay, I'm here, man. So I don't know what happened there. All right, so so let me summarize here. We look like we've got around twenty thousand dollars coming in. Okay, twenty thousand dollars a month coming in. You'll have about four thousand dollars going out. So even on the worst case scenario, you've got over ten thousand dollars that you have to the good at the end of every month. Right. Right. Okay. That, that sounds about right. All right. So yeah. if that if that's the case, what do you have in savings? What what is your emergency savings fund looking like? So uh let's see, combined, I think in all savings we have about let's see we've got this. Uh change. How about forty forty thousand? We we uh invest and we bought some uh some real estate and stuff like that. We don't like to have a lot of cash for obvious reasons. Right. But I think right now, liquid, right now, uh, how about 35 to 40, All everything all added up okay. together. So that, that gets you around, you're, you're around eight months, right? So that's that's good. You've got eight months worth of an emergency savings fund. What do you have as far as retirement assets? Is your wife contributing to some sort of uh, retirement plan on the on the job? Are you contributing? What's, what's going on oh, with yeah. that? Yeah. So she works for two companies. So that's actually that two something that's like two different companies. Uh, Combined. Okay. She works from home in IT. So she gets, yeah, yeah. She got two computer systems and all that. Okay. Uh, so that's two jobs. Um, uh, and, you know, me, myself, I'm uh, I'm actually military. So I'll be retired about six years. Okay. Um, so that's one thing, you know, I get the income from that. Uh, right. You got the military benefits whatever. and whatnot coming in on that. Yeah. Okay. So if, if if I was to take your temperature as far as how you feel about your retirement assets, do you feel confident that you're on a path so that when you retire, you're not going to have to greet people at Walmart? Absolutely. Absolutely. OK, so listen, man, <laughs> I just I just don't like the idea of, of, of this. Uh, this debt. kind of I just don't like it, you know. Right. Listen, you've got. <laughs> You could pay for this car in six months easily. Six months. Right. In six months, you'll be able. And I'm not talking about pulling money from the cash that you already have. I'm talking about in six months, you could pay for this car in cash and you would not skip a beat as far as what you're doing for saving for retirement, what you're doing as far as what your emergency fund is. Now, is this. The uh, car choice and you know, that I would make absolutely not. The car that I'm gonna buy is probably <laughs> right. gonna be around three to five years old. Now it's gonna be top of the line, like the top model of that year. But I'm yeah. looking more around three to five <laughs> years old. But you, your wife wants what your wife wants. She's busting her ass right. and she's making over you know two hundred thousand dollars a year at two different jobs. And you can buy this car off of five months of comfortably saving. Like, cause really you've got around maybe twelve to fifteen thousand dollars that you can have at the end of the month clear. I'm just saying using 10 of that for the next five months. So yeah. I'm sorry to tell you, man, it looks like you can afford it. <laughs> it looks like you can afford it, right? Yeah. It looks like you can afford it. Now that's cold, man. Listen, 
I would put certain restrictions on it, right? Also, you got to factor okay, okay. in, I would also factor in any type of repairs, maintenance, oil changes, right. factor that in, make sure that she's aware of that. And also, man, I would be dropping hints and say, hey, look at the top. Are you looking at the top, top of the line model of the brand new one? Or are you looking at something that's more like baseline of that model? It's, so it's weird, man. I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I know a lot about Audi, but um, um, so it's what it is, is it's a 2022, it's called Prestige, I guess that's like top-ish or something. Uh-huh. But the problem is, well, I won't get into it, but I think it is up there. Like, you know, I think it is kind of up there or something like that. Yeah, It got all the bells and whistles. She's like, ooh, it parts itself. Ooh, the seats all in the back and the front. Oh, the wheel is heated. Babe, please. You know what I mean? I, w- I would just, be. I hate it, man, because we've been so good, man, saving money. I would be dropping hints of, like, look at this one that's uh-huh. only three years old. And look, and it's even better. Like, whatever whatever she's looking at right now that brand new, you need to be working to find yeah. the model that's three three years older but it's even better than the yeah. new one that's that's your homework that's what I you tried, need to do are oh, you are okay listen yeah listen i tried I, yeah man I, we did yeah <laughs> all right if she's got our heart set on it and she listen she is grinding and she is making great money and the two of you together yeah. you're making great decisions with your money right it's like it's like a diet yeah, yeah. right if you've got a diet that is so strict that you never have a cheat day what's ultimately going to happen is that you're going to binge and that one day of binging eating is going to turn into months of mm-hmm. binge eating and you're going to be worse off than you were before the diet started what's happening right now you guys are doing great financially. You're making good money. You're making good decisions on your money. You're being very strict with your budget because clearly you have not allowed mm-hmm. lifestyle creep to happen. So to the audience, right. lifestyle yeah. creep is when you start to make more money, you start to spend more uh-huh. money at the same rate and you never see that additional savings that you should be seeing. This brother right here and his wife, mm-hmm. They are experiencing seeing the difference in what they can have that stays in the house because even though their income has went up, they haven't allowed their expenses to increase at that same level. So just like a trainer will tell their uh, their client, hey, some days you got to have a cheat day and enjoy your hard work. You got to let her enjoy this car. <laughs> you got because otherwise what's going to happen is she's going to get burnt out. She's going to be like, well, what the hell am I working on hard for? What am I doing this for? If I can't right. enjoy something that I can pay for in six months, then what the hell am I doing yeah. this for? And then now you're going to have a, a, a conflict in the home that does not need to happen because you can make this money right. back in six months. In six months. So I would right. say, you know, if you've already gone the route to look at cars that are the same model, but three or four years older, but with all the bells and whistles, and she's still not interested mm-hmm. in that. Listen, man, she earned it. She earned it. She she, she earned this car. It's not something yeah. that I would buy, but she earned it. She deserves to have this car if she wants it, as long as you continue, even after you buy this car, to continue to not allow lifestyle creep to set in. And pay it off. Buy it in cash. Do not, do not get a loan for this car. You you buy this car in cash. Buy it in cash. Yeah. Do not do not take out a loan for this car. 
you've got the money to do it. If it takes you six months to save up the additional cash, because I don't want you dipping into your emergency savings fund, your emergency savings mm-hmm. fund needs to stay where it is. You tell your wife, listen, you know, I talked to the pocket watcher based on the numbers that I gave him. He thinks that we can afford this car, but we need to buy this car in cash. And we're not going to dip into our emergency savings fund to do it. We're going to start saving right now for this car. And I need you to help me save for this car. You, you need to pay attention to our budget and we're going to save for this car. And when we get to $60,000, which should only take you six months, that's when we'll buy the car. And you make her sign the check so she can feel that $60,000 leaving your bank account. So she's involved mm-hmm. in it more than just, hey, this is the gift. She feels it. And then, you know, maybe she'll change her mind. Maybe she'll see something that's, you know, uh, maybe more around, what, uh, 40000 Maybe she'll see something that's 45000 or 38000 You never know. But that she she deserves this car. I can tell you that. Now, does it have to be a brand new model? Ooh. No. But she earned being able to spend around forty-five to $50,000 based on her hard grind and her hard work. Right. And yours. I, and yours. It to her, man. I appreciate I appreciate your input. <laughs> you know, she she stuck with our financial plan and stuff. Let yeah. me ask you this. You you brought up uh, paying cash for it. Now, as you were talking, I was just thinking mm-hmm. we have one um investment pro- real estate property where a tenant uh pays about nine hundred dollars a month. Now, would you I don't know what the payment on this car is gonna be. Mm-hmm. Would you still say pay cash yeah. or maybe allocate no we just save the rent? No, I would still say pay cash because at the end of the day, the interest that you're going to be paying on it is not just because you have an investment property that could cover this, uh, that that can cover the uh, car note doesn't mean you're still not getting Mm -hmm. kicked in the teeth with interest at the end of the day. You pay for this in cash. And then if you feel some sort of way by paying for this in cash, then you pay yourself back. You take the $900 from the uh, rental property and you pay yourself. Don't pay a finance company okay. when you got the money. Hmm. You okay. got the money. Don't pay the finance company if you feel like, dang, man, I, I could have done something with that money. Okay, well, take the $900 a month that you're not using for anything from the investment property that you have, and you pay yourself back the, the $56,000. And then when, when you're done paying yourself back the zero interest loan that you just gave yourself, then you go and do whatever you want to do with the $900 a month from the investment property. Do not take out debt for this car. That's a no. I will deny that all day. Do not take out debt for this car okay. when you have the ability to pay for it in cash. Okay, noted. All Will right. do, man. I appreciate you. All right, bro. I, I'm sorry to tell you, but she deserves it. You are you are approved on that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I was I've been back and forth at work all day, but you know, so I uh, appreciate you for six, cleaning it up. Six bro, months, man. Really man. Six months in the cars paid for. You good? Six months. You done. Right. All right. Yes, sir. All right. All you right, have man. a good Thank one. You have a great night, JT. All right. You too. All right. All right. Y'all keep sneaking up on me. Listen. <laughs> The lines are closed. If you're on right now, I'll get to your call. I'll get to your call if you're on right now. If you are not currently on the line, don't call. I'm looking at these numbers. If I see another number pop up, I I swear to you, I'm not answering the call. You call next week. But the three numbers that I see right now, I I will take your call. So just hold on. If you are on the line, 
mute whatever device you're using to hear me because you can hear me right now on your phone. So just listen to me on the phone. Do not listen to me on the device because when I bring you up, I don't want to hear the feedback. But let me give a holler at uh, before the billions with the super chat says, JT, can I afford this super chat? I don't know before the billions. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at your numbers. You, you know, your channel's doing good. You got another channel. I think before the billions got another channel that he's uh, got on YouTube. So I think you can afford this uh, super chat. So, but maybe we need to have a consultation. Hit me up at pocketwatcher.net uh, before the billions and maybe we could do a consultation. All right, listen, I'm doing these three calls and it's over. I'm, I'm changing the whole format of my show, people. Three nights a week, I'm going to do call-in shows like this, right? One night is going to be JT Help My Business. So for all of my aspiring business owners out there who have questions and concerns about your business or your potential business, there's going to be a night where I do your calls. That's probably going to be on Mondays, not starting this Monday, not starting tomorrow, but maybe the following week, we're going to have JT Help My Business. Fridays, we have uh, JT Help Me Get Out of Debt. And Sundays, we have this JT Can I Afford. So you've got three opportunities a week to call in. So don't flood me now. I'm going to do these three calls, and we're going we're gonna to close out. So area code 718. Area code 718, you're coming up. Can you hear me? JT, I can hear you. What's going on, man? Oh, man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. What's your name and where you calling from? My name is Drew. I'm calling from New York. Another East Coast. All right, man. How can I help you? All right. So my, my circumstance is kind of similar to the individuals um, that I had called previously. Uh-huh. Um, I'm rather, uh, I would say high income, but not really for New York. Okay. And uh, I, I get tarred by my coworkers and my friends as being a cheapskate, but I feel like I'm <laughs> living within my, my means. Right. Right. I feel <laughs> so I just want to see if... All right. So basically... Um, I would say my income is about 200K a year. All right. So we got 200K coming in. Okay. Okay. But that's including a heavy amount of overtime at this, at this point. I right? can imagine. And what I want to purchase, what I want to purchase is uh, I'm into race cars and I want to do um, racing for the season. Um, to estimate, I would say for each track weekend is about, I would say maybe eight or nine track weekends uh in a year uh-huh. and uh they estimate that it's probably gonna be around like twelve hundred dollars for each track weekend okay now and then that's not included in the repairs of the car that's just like just to, for entry okay all right so let's let's break this down you're gonna do you already have a race car i do yes okay so you already so that that cost has already been paid for you have a car Okay, cool. You have a car. The uh, the fee for you to enter into these you know events is going to be about twelve hundred dollars, and there's going to be about eight events every year. But you're not committed to where you have to do every event. This this is on and off. You can do like out of eight, you can do six, or you can do five. It's depending on what you want to do. Correct. Exactly. Okay, exactly. but let's just do a budget and say you're going to do all eight. Because it's a hobby. Trust me, I know hobbies. Uh, Orlando and I, you know, we we used to do a lot of uh, uh, what what would they be considered like Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournaments. So you you know, you have entry fees and stuff. That so everybody has their hobbies and stuff that they want to do. But this is clear. This is not something that's income producing. This is straight up hobby, right? Straight up liability. 
right. bleeding out the, the other end. Okay. All right. Straight up hobby. <laughs> so if you were to do all eight events, you have a locked-in cost of $9,600 that you're going to be paying just for the entry fee, not including what repairs, because obviously there's going to be wear and tear on on the car itself. There's going to be wear and tear on the car itself. Um I mean, what what are you anticipating? I mean, you're you're the guy that's in in this club, right? You you do this. If you were to estimate, what do you think in expenses would cost? Well, um, one of the major problems I have is I, I live in an apartment complex, being in New York, so I have to purchase garage space, storage. So yep. I'm estimating that that's going to be another about four hundred to five hundred a month. But you're already paying to, that. To I have to. Car. I have to assume you're already paying that because you got the car. Right, so you're already paying for storage, right? Well, the complex I'm in now, you can't work on your vehicle, in. so I have it stored there, but it's it's unoperational. I haven't driven the car for about uh, a year. So okay. I'm trying to get back into it. Yeah. So it will so be an additional cost. Yeah, it'll be an additional yes. cost to have a storage where you can actively work on the vehicle. Exactly. And you're and you're saying that's going to be I, about five about five hundred a month. About five hundred a month, and, and that's going to be factor in. Um, that's going to be all year round. So you're talking about six thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I would factor in things like uh, getting to the track, fuel, tires, things like that. So I, all in all, I would, I would put another, I would say, five thousand on it altogether. Things I would need just to be able to. Uh, to get to the track and be able to, to to function with the car and everything. All right, so we're looking at almost all in, maybe twenty two thousand dollars a year for this. About yeah, yeah, we're looking at about yeah. twenty two twenty two thousand dollars a year for this hobby. Now, I understand people need their hobbies because your hobbies are, are what makes life worth living, right? It, it, for everybody's career is not their identity. And it should not be some people, you know, you need something outside of your career for the most part to create what life is for you. But we're talking about a $22,000 commitment annually for this hobby. All right. Now you've got around $16,000 coming in a month. You make around 200 K that's around $16,000 monthly. What are your monthly bills? Not including this stuff. What are your monthly bills? Uh, all in, I would say it's about twenty two hundred a month to twenty five hundred dollars a month. What? So, you, so you bring in like sixteen thousand dollars in your your monthly expenses. See, 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 but that's that that's why I wanted to talk to you because it seems like a lot, but because of the taxes in the state, it mm -hmm. doesn't feel like that much. <laughs> right, even even if we like even that. if we knock down the taxes, so let's say. All right, let's say $16,000 a month coming in is your gross. If we knock off taxes mm -hmm. and we let's go crazy and say 10,000. Let's say you net $10,000 a month, okay? You're still you still have over $7,000 a month to the good. Where's that yeah. money going now? Well, I max out my 401k. Okay. That, that's another question I wanted to ask you. Um Roth versus 401k. That's a big thing. So I, I'm doing half Roth, mm -hmm. half 401k. Mm -hmm. I know they say Roth is good because 
um, you get the tax-free growth. Right. But also, I've heard people say that because I live in a high-tax state and I'm high-income, I'll be better off getting the, the, the tax savings. So I'm... Listen, based on the very yeah, based on the very limited information that you gave me, I would say number one, I'm always gonna say this: contact a black certified financial planner in your area. Go to cfp.net and all you have to do is uh click in the search function, put in your zip code, and you will most likely find a very qualified black certified financial planner in your area who's actually gonna give you full, you know, a full analysis of your situation. But I'm just going to base it based on what you're telling me right now. But that's number one. Contact a black certified financial planner in your area that's going to help you long term. In the short term, just for this phone conversation, I would say what you're currently doing, splitting between the Roth and the uh, traditional uh, 401k, you're doing fine. It makes the most sense for your situation right now. Based on the limited information that I got. I believe you splitting between some of it going to a Roth and some of it going to the traditional, because like you said, the traditional is giving you the tax deduction. Now you're going to have to pay taxes when you pull it out later, but you're getting the tax deduction now that you need. But the Roth is giving you the tax-free growth. When you pull it out, you don't pay taxes on it. So right now, based on what you're telling me, you're fine. The way that you're splitting it is good. I don't have any other variables about what your short-term and long-term goals are, but because you're splitting the baby in half, that kind of makes sense. But let's get back to this. Now, I'm seeing some wiggle room of bare minimum $5,000 a month, okay? So with this $5,000 a month, not including what you're saving for retirement, because I feel as if I factored some of that in, but this $5,000 that you have uh, at the end of every month, what type of emergency savings fund do you have? Uh, I have about 20000 in a savings account. And then, uh, like you said to the previous caller, I'm overweighted in, in cash. So I have another $85,000, in cash, checking account. Why is it in a checking account? Because it, to me, it doesn't make any difference. There's no such thing as a high yield savings account anymore. Because of the let, let, no, the it does, I put in savings or it makes it makes a difference. You need, I would get that over to a money market account. Okay, it may trust me, it does make a difference. I would get. I mean, you've got eighty five thousand plus dollars in a checking account, earning you no interest. I don't care if you go to zero to point zero zero one. The 0.001 is still better than zero, okay, as far as, you know, whatever interest that you're earning. So I would get that over to a money market account or something, you know, as soon as possible because it's sitting in a checking account is is really, really hurting you. That doesn't make any sense, all right? I would get that over there. Yeah. But you have enough cash. I mean, you're talking about over $100,000 you have liquid. If you were to give me an estimate of what you have in retirement assets, uh, where are you with that? With as far as because you said you're contributing to your 401k, how comfortable do you feel where you are with your investment assets? Um, not too comfortable with that. I'm behind on so um, I think I have about 130 in the 401k. How old are you right now? 35. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would say. You need to absolutely get with a black CFP, okay? Contact a black CFP in your area. They're going to help you uh, use this 
large amount of, amount of cash that you have right now to help you shore up where you feel like you have a shortage with your retirement savings. Okay. That needs to be, honestly, I mean, you're talking about allocating somewhere around 20 something thousand dollars a year towards a hobby. But at the same time, you don't feel comfortable with where you are with your retirement assets. You see what you see where I'm well, getting at here? The other, the other thing I have to put in is that I, based on my job, I am getting a pension where I'll be getting about 50 percent of oh, that's good. Um, my base salary. So it won't be close to what I'm making now, but it'd still be oh, it'd still be somewhat decent. And then, you know, you you know, you're aware that you can move away from the East Coast. And still get that pension exactly. and you could be living very, very well somewhere, maybe in the Midwest or the South on that pension. Right. Yeah. You're not you're not married to that area. Right. You're not a person <laughs> that's like this. You know, because some people have the concept of I was born here. I'm going to die here. I don't care what the cost of living is. That can hurt you. But if you've got a pension coming from the East Coast but you're living somewhere where the cost of living is much, much less, you would be better off. Okay. Yeah. All right. So listen, and then 90 thing I, to seconds. Add, um, I am invested in my company's ESPP mm -hmm. um, employee stock option. Um, and I'm, I think I'm doing about three fifty a week in that. I think I have about 50 to 60 grand in, in that as well. Okay. All right. Listen, I only got a, a little time left. My, my, my phone line here, I only set it for a certain amount of time. I'm just realizing I've gone way over. Uh, no I'm, I'm at two hours. So I, I'm going to summarize it like this. Anybody who's still on the line, listen, call back. Seconds. Call back next week. If you're on the line, call back next week. I'm going to try to remember your numbers, but just make sure that you're first in the queue when you call it back next week. But this is going to be my last call. Listen, get with that black CFP. Before you reward yourself with this 20 something thousand dollar hobby um, uh, uh, a year, it's going to cost you 20 something thousand dollars a year with this hobby. First, you got to get with a black CFP in your area. I can't give you any solid information where you should go until you do that first, because there's so many other variables within your financial life. Right now, honestly, I'm sorry, this hobby should not be a priority to you until after you speak with that CFP in your area. Does that make sense? Okay. Do yeah, that first. That's what I, that was my original thought. Yeah. Do okay. do that first. After you do that, work in the hobby. Seconds. Okay. You may not be doing eight. You know, eight weeks out of the year. You may be doing three weeks out of the year at first. But that would probably make the most sense. All right. Okay. I appreciate it, JT. Thank you, man. All right. You are welcome. All right, people. I apologize. I did not. I had no idea we'd be going two hours. No idea we'd be going two hours. So people who who I called up and I was not able to get to you, well, next time call early. All right. We're going to be doing this every week. Every week we're going to be doing this. We got a show on Sunday nights, Friday nights, and most likely Monday nights. Not just coming Monday, but the following Mondays. Mondays is going to be JT Help My Business. Friday is JT Help Me Get Out of Debt. And Sunday, Sunday is uh, JT uh can I buy it? Those are the things that we are going to be doing moving forward. Okay. That's what we're going to be doing moving forward. I'm here to help. I'm here to help people. So do me the favor as you make your way out of this show, hit the like button, subscribe if you have not subscribed and share this content. Those are the biggest things you can do to help 
Pocket Watching with JT Grow. And these shows, these episodes will be downloaded to a podcast format. All the major podcast uh, platforms that you have, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, whatever it is, wherever you listen to podcasts, you will be able to listen to Pocket Watching with JT. It just won't be live. It will be probably a couple of days after the show goes live on YouTube. You can then listen to the replay of it either on YouTube or you can listen to it on your podcast. So check that out. Listen, guys, I got to get out of here. Thank you to all the callers. I appreciate it. And I will see you guys soon. Pocket Watcher is out.